My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. Welcome to our podcast. We have some exciting announcements. At least they're exciting for us. We'll see, Adam, if they're exciting for our our listeners. We're hoping. The first one is we're going to do our first real live. Last time was a test. Many of you joined us, and we appreciate that. We'll do a live next Wednesday, the 13th of September, at 1 o'clock-ish, Mountain Mountain Daylight Time. Yeah, 1 o'clock Mountain Daylight Time will be alive. And our live, we're going to have, of course, we're going to be addressing your questions, your comments, but also we're going to have a discussion because we are considering changing the name of the podcast and we want to get your input on that. And so we'll tell you where we are with that at the time and get your comments and if we can have some back and forth during that live. So... Hold on a second. Hold on. We've got something. We got something. <laughs> there you go. That, that, yeah. was, that was see, fun. Let's see if that works. All right. Thank you. <laughs> see, that's how that goes down. Yeah. Okay. Now, Heron, and Heron makeup is next. Can we give a prize out for somebody who uh, actually comes up with the name of our new podcast name? <laughs> yeah, but then we'll probably rig it so it's you or I that gets the prize. So I think they'll see through that. Can if it be we blue? That. Can it be blue bell ice cream? <laughs> I like where you're going with that. Yeah. So that that's exciting. And if that weren't exciting enough, next week's regular podcast is going to have a guest with us, a psychologist. In fact, he is my counselor, the one I go to for dealing with all this stuff that we deal with. And he has such um, good perspective on human needs. And he didn't, he hasn't analyzed Lori and Chad and Alex, of course, doesn't know them, won't pretend to know them, but he has some good basic information uh, that the people that enjoy psychology, especially the psychology of the killers that we're dealing with. Um, I think it'll be very insightful for everyone. So exciting week next week for us and as far as the podcast it. world. Okay, and, and Adam wants to address a subject. Let me, let me give a little context to it. Context is the subject. One of the problems we've had, not being professional con- um, podcasters, not knowing what we're getting into when we started the podcast 12 episodes ago or, or whatever it is, 12 or 13, we didn't realize it'd be so difficult for us to explain things to you in the proper time context. And so we've said a lot of things that is that have raised questions. Well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And we're thinking... What normal person would even think that way? Because we didn't explain the time context with it. And today's subject is something we want to try to explain the time context and what we were thinking at the time. It's tough going back, especially if you've listened to us before. You know, Adam and I are not very good with timelines. Many of you are far better. You correct us on timelines. We appreciate that. But this is all this, um, all of these activities, all of these actions 
over time when sometimes we're listening to it, sometimes we aren't. A lot of times we're just looking back on something that we didn't notice was a big deal at the time. So, Adam, give us um, – I won't dig any deeper. Go ahead and give us your thoughts on a specific situation that deals with context. Well, just in the last podcast that we did, I, I read a couple of comments and then I saw a bunch of comments on those comments. And so I think people are interested and they have their the right to – everybody has the right to their opinion. But uh, one of the things was um, – you know, why did I tell the police officer that Laura, that uh, Alex and Lori were planning on killing Joe when I called and told him that? And so going back after Lori and Alex killed Charles um, and again, the police, you know, never called me. I was the last person to text uh, Charles and no one ever called me. No one got my information. No one did anything. So, and I called the left messages and finally they called me back away, you know, weeks later or whatever it was a month later, 30 days. I don't know. So when they call me back, you know, and I knew that the police, the Chandler police let Lori and Alex go. And I was freaked out about that because as I told you, I couldn't sleep at night cause I didn't know if Alex was coming to kill me in, in Kansas. So with all that being said, when the police finally called me back and I got a chance to talk to them, I kind of panicked a little bit. Now, I'll take you back. Back when Lori uh, came to the family and said that Joe had molested her kids, uh, Colby and Tylee, um, our family was taken back by it. And Joe wanted you know, visiting rights with Tylee. Now, he couldn't get visiting rights with Colby because it's not his kid. So, um, you know, our family was up and roar. And at that moment in time, and I know there's been families that say things that, you know, go through and just their emotions come out. And that's what happened in that moment. You know, they're like, well, Joe can't see Tylee if he's a molester. We don't want her, him seeing it. And, you know, the emotions got to it where they're like, we just need to, you know, kill him and take him and put him in the trunk and take him out somewhere. So that was just out of, you know talking your emotions through those things. That was never a plan. Well, when I talked to the police uh, about Charles getting killed, I said, you know, Lori and Alex plan to kill Joe because that's what came into my mind. And I also was um, nervous that the police weren't doing anything uh, about what happened, like with Lori and Alex, they didn't charge him. They let him go. I kind of panicked. I was like, Hey guys, you know, Lori and Alex tried, you know, they were going to kill Joe or, or they, you know, had a plan to kill Joe. That's what came out. And that's why that, that's why you heard what I said to the police officers at the time. I know people are commenting on like, well, why did he say this and stuff? So in context and time, this is why that was that was said in that in that context. So that's that's one thing. The other thing, I add a little bit to that. Okay, yeah. Please. Just going back as a family member, of course, I heard the story that um, that Lori gave us, and I think we all bought in to the story that he had molested the children. Of course, once Charles was killed. That made me, I'll only speak for me on this one, that made me question everything. That's when I went back and read the psychologist's reports on Joe, and it opened my eyes to a different way of looking at it. But up until then, I was just, we weren't, when 
we're looking back saying there was a plan to, to kill him, that wasn't ever taken seriously until Alex killed Charles. We weren't thinking anything about killing any of that being serious. We weren't thinking right. of them as killers in the least. Once they actually did it, boy, did that open up our eyes and our concern. And right. so then you go back and start questioning things. Go ahead. So with that, with that being said, on the same kind of topic, another uh, comment was um, the, the Cox family are ob- oblivious or whatever to Joe molesting the kids. Now, and I think everybody can have a opinion on this, even though nobody really knows. But here's what I will say. Uh, with that being said, you know, I know Lori turned out to be a, a liar and lied about a lot of things, um, and so, which makes us all question what she did. You know, did Lori tell Tylee to say certain things? Did Lori tell uh, Colby to say certain things um, to you know about being molested? And that's what a lot of people think. Um, and you can have that opinion. My opinion is after talking with Colby, um, Colby has nothing to lose at this point. So if in recently Colby had said that he was molested by Joe at this point, he could have said, look, my mom made me say these things about Joe and he hasn't done that. So I'm going to stick with what Colby said that Joe did to him. And I know that we talked about psychologists and all this, and you want to give everybody credit for their profession, but in all, in all honesty, Lori went to a psychologist and she passed it like that. So my thoughts on do psychologists get it right all the time? I'm going to say no. Could Joe be a molester and pass that test? I think yes, he could. So I'm not going all in on one way or another. And I'm still still open to knowing what really happened. But at this point, I don't know if we're ever going to know what happened. And – doesn't matter what your or my opinion is on it. It doesn't change what really happened, and we won't know. We won't know. Right. I, don't, I don't know of any family member that's giving Lori a pass on past things for the reason I said. Once she got into this delusion, chose to kill people and lie all the way there and all the way after – that opens everything up to question, and we are questioning everything. We aren't giving her a pass on anything. So true. Yeah. That will continue, so yeah, but I'm not, it doesn't mean I'm we'll get answers. Give, yeah, and I'm not trying to give anybody a pass. I'm just right. saying, um, if you think about everything, and what I like to do, and Rex likes to do, is like we like to get information and then think about it. What makes sense to you? And you, what makes sense to you may not make sense to me, or vice versa. But um, that that this is my thought after reading everybody's comments and you know how you feel and I can understand how you feel and it could be true so that that's what I have to say about that in fact it's true with everything whatever we come out with an opinion or a statement that doesn't mean we don't respect other opinions or statements and so we don't have a corner on the truth in this matter as everyone knows we've made plenty of mistakes we've admitted when we've made factual mistakes. If it's difference of opinion, we'll accept any opinions in, in here. 
Yeah, totally. I said one thing that we say is everybody has the right to feel how they want to feel. There's people in my family that don't want to talk about this at all. And they have the right to do that. Rex and I have the right to do it because it helps us. So I just want everybody to have their own rights to their own opinions on what their experience is with this whole thing. And that is a good segue into our topic if we're ready for that. Yes, we are. I'm excited to hear this because this will be round two and I, I want to hear what goes on. <laughs> you want to hear what changes? I love I love learning. And Rex, you've taught me so many things just listening, just being around you when I lived in St. George. And so I think our audience will, will at least learn something here today. And I love learning new things. You notice Adam said lived in St. George in past tense like it was the good old days. He did move last week. He's now in his new home in Arizona. Yeah. So as days in St. George as a resident are, are past. Right. So the subject that we recorded last time then chose not to air it because I felt like I didn't do well in the organization, the presentation of it, is the time span that the criminal mind uses. Now, this isn't my... I'm not the res the resource for this. I was explained. Um, the subject was explained to me by a psychologist, a career psychologist who did a lot of work with criminals and a lot of work with the court system. But his main focus was business psychology, especially small businesses. But he explained it to me not as as a criminal psychology, but we talked about it in that context after he explained it to me. The time span actually comes from studies that were done on businesses, especially entrepreneurs. And just after he explained it to me, I coincidentally had a conversation with someone I could apply it with, a person I was talking with, a, a friend of a friend, was a drug dealer. And we were having a conversation about how people think about drugs because I was fascinated when I found out he was a drug dealer and he just admitted it kind of like conversationally. I thought, okay, well, if you can be conversational, let's have a, let's have a conversation. And I said, well, do you use drugs also? He said, yeah, I do. And he was talking to me actually because as it came out, he was thinking of changing his what do you call it, career or his job, or he's thinking of getting mm -hmm. out of being a drug dealer, being a drug dealer. And that's why the conversation starts. So he is very open to expressing what he thought and his experiences. Fascinating conversation. But I said, so you're a user. Um, are you an addict? I said, no. I said, well, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to not be a drug dealer anymore? He said, because I don't think I'm going to get caught, but I'm tired of all of my friends either going to prison or dying. Friends were a big deal to him. That was kind of his, just his wiring. And his mm -hmm. friends were all going to prison and dying. I said, well, if all of your friends are going to prison and dying, what makes you think you wouldn't? Or why haven't you thought that in the past? He said, why look at my drug use differently than they do. And right away, this time span concept came to mind. It was fascinating. And he said, let me give you an example. Last month, I was at EDC and, and a, a big, a big um, festival. 
and he did a certain- by the way by the way i love that music edc i'm i'm all about that music techno oh mm-hmm. it's so good and he was there and there are a couple hundred thousand people there just a wild energetic experience and he and his friends used a certain drug and he said it just enhanced the experience so much i'm not advocating using drugs i'm telling you what he told me he said, it enhanced the experience so much. He said, man, that was wonderful. I think next year, let's come to this same concert and do the same drug and have this experience again. Whereas his friends that were there said, dude, I need to get some more of this. Can you get me some tomorrow? I want some for the next week and the next week. And this time span concept came to mind. And here's what it is. And I'm going to oversimplify it because I'm not the, psycholo- the psychologist that's the source of this, nor the people that did all the research. And I'm just going to say there are basically three time periods that people think in. And we are all geared to think in a certain time period, either short term, m- midterm, or long term. And the business study that came out about this was saying people that are well-suited to their job are well-suited because of the time frame in which they think. Like a worker that works on a manufacturing line has a very short time span. And they focus and they get stuff done today. Today is what's important. I've got to get these 18 parts riveted and in place And then I'm done for the day. That's my focus. And they focus and they get work done. Whereas the CEO of that same company would be terrible working on the line because the characteristic of a CEO is that they have a long-term time frame. They're looking for threats to the business that might come along years from now. And what actions are we taking today? Okay, where is that going to lead and how will, it our, how will it affect our company in the future? And so there's an example of a short time frame. So if you want to put a time on the time span, let's say a short time span is today for the next month. Mid-range is a month to a year from now and a long-term time span is more than a year from now. So you have the line worker that's looking immediately. Mid-range are the managers that are saying, if we don't get that done, here's how it's going to affect our numbers. Here's how it's going to affect our numbers for the month, for the year, and our all of our bonuses this year. That's a mid-range manager. And the long-range managers should be looking Longer, more than a year down the road. How does this affect the company's strategy? Not the tactical decisions, but the long-term strategy for the company. So if you think of that, think of the short, medium, and long-term time span, we come into the world. Now, these, these time spans are a learned skill thinking in these time spans. When we come into the world, we are all short-term oriented. We want, we need to be fed right now. We need our, we want our needs taken care of right now. And different things in life carry some people to thinking more of a different time span. I don't even know what those things are, but I'm sure psychologists could tell you. 
But this is why young people are just looking at what can give me pleasure right now or what can I do right now. And old people are constantly telling young people, trying to get young people to look at a longer time span because we're old, our bodies are falling apart, our minds are going, and we're trying to tell these short-term time span people, hey, if you take care of yourself now, 30, 40, 50 years from now, you'll be a lot happier, you'll be in a lot better shape. And this kid's hearing this and saying, I'm more concerned with 30, 40, or 50 minutes from right now, not years. And so Can you, you put me in the mid-range? Can you put me in the mid-range carriage so I don't have to be the old guy? Let me go mid-range. Let me, can you qualify me as a mid-ranger? Well, I can qualify you as a mid-ager. <laughs> mid-ager? Okay, good. <laughs> Does, uh, hopefully mid-range is good. But at, at, any age, at any age, at any time in your life, you can be one or the other. And even if that's not where you normally think, my point is going to be you have to think in those other time frames. And here's where criminals get caught, especially – I'm going to call them stupid criminals because the three criminals we're talking about are Lori, Chad, and Alex. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'll get much disagreement about what stupid criminals they are. No. So, and, and what were they thinking? Like, if they're thinking on one of those timelines, I don't think they could ever look at the long, the long term at all. Well, they never did look at the long term. Here's the, here's the big mistake that criminals think of according to this. They think, okay, here's my strategy for this month. I, these are hypothetical criminals right now, but you'll, you'll see where my example came from. Okay. This month, I'm going to kill someone because we can get their life insurance money. And then we'll just keep duplicating that every month. So our long-term strategy is to keep living off life insurance money. See, duplicating a one-month strategy and just putting it out there is not a long-term strategy. That's still a short-term strategy mm -hmm. or a short-term short time span. For it to be a long-term time span you would have to think a little more rationally, which our subjects obviously did not do because there is no rational thought thinker that could say, oh, this is a great long-term strategy. Let's kill these people. Let's kill these children and bury them in my backyard. There's... I don't even have words for that. <laughs> well, Rex, let me let's go back to this because if we're going to talk about you know Chad and Lori and Alex, I believe, we're going to wildly speculate. I'm going to wildly speculate, but I think this this is how I feel that you know at some point Chad you know so supposedly would go into heaven and talk to whoever it was and come back with all this information that he told Lori and Alex and others you know you know all that stuff, but th that Chad then said, oh well, look. You know, we're to collect 144,000. That's our job. You know, so that's this is what I think that he said. Um, so because of that, um, we have things to do. We're going to have to have money to survive. We're going to have to, you know, you know, get rid of kids or whatever, what, whatever the thing is. 
but the Lord's coming soon and he's probably coming on this date. So we need to get all this done before this date. And the reason I feel like they went to Hawaii was they, you know, either believed or they um, thought, well, look, we got to, they, they had like, I think when uh, t- they killed Tammy and they got like, I don't know, four or $500,000 from that, that they had bags of cash when they were in Hawaii staying at the nicest places. And I, I was like, what are you, there's no plan with the finances. There's no plan with anything. Like they were going there and waiting in Hawaii until Jesus came again. I mean, is that, is that even feasible that that could be their plan? Well, I think anything's feasible because their plan was so scattered, ineffective, and idiotic that it could have been anything. anything. And you have to think when they're building the different psychologies involved, again, that's not our field, but the different psychologies of narcissism and and Lori's delusion and all that, even when you think of what their strategy is, you have to say, well, is that when they're rationally thinking or is that when they're in in their right. delusion and is who knows what it is that's the problem yeah and and chat of course is from our perspective just making stuff up as he goes so he can influence whoever it is that's the target of his influence just then but here's my my point with that I want to make two points with it one even if you're a short-term thinker you still need to think mid mid term you still need to consider a midterm time span and a long-term time span turning this back now away from our our criminals here let's talk about um, maybe an example from a from a what we would call a normal life we've used dieting examples before okay and you can you can apply this you don't need me to give a big example to apply this to you know, when we have challenges, it's because we're looking in the short term, not the intermediate or the long term. When we're talking about dieting, when we're talking about managing money, when we're talking about relationships with other people, the same time span consideration comes into play. When we treat people poorly in the short term, how on earth do we think that's going to work out in the midterm or the long term? Yeah. But don't think about it. And then also, what are the consequences? And you, we talk about consequences on this on this podcast a bunch. When you decide, you know, what you're going to be, you know, short term, long term, or uh, midterm, uh, when it comes to time span, what are the consequences for each one of those? And do we even think about the consequences when we make those decisions, long term, short term, midterm? And when we think about consequences, we have to try to identify what will naturally happen. What are the natural consequences, not how we hope it turns out. That's the big problem we have. Well, I'm going to eat all this bluebell, going to my favorite example, and hope that it doesn't clog my arteries. That is not a long-term strategy. Right. That's just hopeful, wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. Right. Or 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 you don't really care about 
the consequences or you feel like, well, I can get away with it. I think, you know, like you talked about in our minds, we try to do things and we do things where we're like, well, I'm going to do this because I think I can get away with this or I can, you know, not going to, you know, that's not going to happen to me. Like you said, wishful thinking, but natural law just comes in and gets you every time because there's nothing you can do about it. It's natural. And you know that going back to the drug dealer friend or acquaintance of mine, um, something that I thought was pretty insightful for someone that had been a criminal uh, to that degree. He said, yeah, I tell people I wouldn't get caught because I do have a strategy. I have a strategy of staying off the police radar. People that get caught are the ones that try to grow their business so they make more money. And I decided, hey, I'm pretty good right here making money. Or someone, you know, rats them out to to flip um, – you know, the police flip them and they get ratted yeah. out. They said, so I'm only going to do business. Here's my chain of someone I'll do business with. I have to know this person, that person, so I I can trust trust the person. Trust is a different subject, especially when we're talking about in the drug world, and we'll handle that yeah. someday. Um, yeah. But he actually had a strategy, but he said, but I knew that someday I'd be sitting in jail, staring at the walls, and I would sit for hours in my room, stare at the walls, and just think about how mad I was going to be sitting in jail when I knew that my strategy was not going to work in the long term. So he actually thought through all the time spans and had a strategy for it. And when he realized, hey, in real life, this is not going to last. I need to get out of here and do something else. That's what we need to do. So let me suggest this to people. To relate this to yourself, pick any subject, but this process is the same whenever you do it. Decide what you want, how you're going to get it, and then why do you want it. Now, once you do that, look at it and say, which time span am I in, short, medium, or long, and force yourself to go to the other time spans and think through all of the consequences and what's naturally going to happen. That's how you apply this concept so you don't become a stupid criminal like our uh, favorite subjects here for this, for this matter. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for hanging with us. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from a podcast studio.